Praise the Lord. It's a joy to share the Word of God. And as we come to the Word this morning, I want to remind you that we have Sunday evening services almost every Sunday evening of the year, except long weekends or ministry events or breaks like that. And the truth is, if, if you knew the pure and holy fire and presence of God that rested on this congregation so many Sunday nights, you might be persuaded to come as well. Such an honor in the presence of the Lord. Sunday nights, such intimate times with the Lord, prophetic counsel and word of the Lord that comes. And we're such a joyful people to be gathered together to the presence of the Lord. Well, the message today, outfox the fox. The fox, as we know, is considered to be a very clever animal. A fox is cunning. A fox is sly. Sly as a fox. A fox is smart. People say he's smart as a fox. To outfox a fox is to outwit a fox, to be more cunning than a fox. To outwit or outfox a person is to outwit a person. And the first scripture I want to bring to us today is Luke chapter 13, verses 31 to 33. And may the Spirit of God help us outfox the fox today. Verse 31 says, The same day there came certain of the Pharisees saying unto Jesus, Get thee out, get out of here. Depart from here, depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. And he said unto them, Go ye and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out devils, and I do cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. Nevertheless, I must walk today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet perish out of Jerusalem, outside of Jerusalem. The Pharisees said, Get out of here. Herod will kill you. He said, Go and tell that fox, I cast out devils, I do cures. The third day I'll be perfected. I must walk, for it cannot be that a prophet would perish in the land and there be no prophetic voice. I wonder sometimes at the leading of the Lord and the messages that come and how this word out fox the fox and this scripture has been on my heart for a couple of weeks and nothing developed yet. And last Sunday evening, as I was in the foyer fellowshipping with a few people and a couple ladies were talking to me, and we were sharing different things, and one of them all of a sudden said, the foxes are coming. I said, what did you just say? The foxes are coming. And the Lord wants to give us a word this morning to help us instruct us and guide our life. The foxes are coming, and we need to, this morning, cut to the chase. And so point number one is, beware of voices that want to scare you out of the ministry. Beware of voices that want to scare you out of the ministry. Luke 13, 31, The same day there came certain of the Pharisees, saying unto him, Get thee out and depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. There are voices that want to scare us out of our spiritual life. There are voices that want to scare us out of our ministry and hold us back. Do you know there are voices that want to scare this church out of its ministry? And we must be wise in the Lord. We must be of quick understanding in the Lord. 
Now these Pharisees came to Jesus, and they came in a backhanded way. They wanted to get rid of Jesus. They wanted him out of their region. They said, Herod, Herod wants to kill you. Herod's going to kill you. Jesus was too threatening for them. Jesus was too miraculous. Jesus was too fervent. Jesus was too spiritual for them. You see, the enemy gets upset when we don't follow the regular religious routine, when we don't follow the regular religious order that he wants to set in the land. Herod's out to kill you. Herod's going to take you. They reached for the highest name they could, King Herod in jurisdiction over that region of the land with power to slay or kill alive. They said, Herod's going to kill you. Herod's going to take you out. Herod wants to destroy you, get out of our coast, get out of our region. There's, the, there's a voice that wants to take us out. There's a voice that wants to destroy what God is trying to do. And it comes with intimidation. It comes with threat. It comes with that undermining tone. Jesus, get out of here. Jesus, get out of here. They thought the name that they brought forward, Herod, Herod's going to kill you. They thought, that'll make him shudder. That'll stop him in his ministry. That'll cause him to back off and go seek another region of the land where he can conduct his ministry, but away from this threat and this scare of Herod. What did, what did the Apostle Paul say about the harassment of the enemy? 2 Corinthians 7, 5. He said, when we went into Macedonia, when we went into Macedonia, he said, our flesh had no rest. We were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, within were fears. Apostle Paul, that's how you went forth in ministry. You had the call of the Macedonian man. You had a vision to go into a region and preach the gospel and establish the churches, and yet there was such a threat, there was such a scare and fear that came against you. He said, yeah, when we went into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. Sometimes our flesh has no rest because we're fighting powers of darkness. We feel the assault of the enemy. We feel the threat of the enemy, even in our flesh. We feel it in the warfare of our flesh life, flesh warring against the spirit. He said we were troubled on every side. Now we may face enemy threat from one sector or another, but the apostle Paul said we were surrounded. We faced threat on every side. He said, there wasn't one way I could turn, but I wasn't up against that enemy intimidation, that scare of the enemy. He said, without were fightings, and within were fears. I love the word that Pastor Mark ministered a couple of Sunday mornings ago on Goliath. We're going to get you, Goliath. The word of the Lord came this morning in line with that as well. And he brought out a quote by the late Reinhard Bonnke, the great evangelist and minister of the Lord, and I want to bring it to the screen this morning in case you missed it. Reinhard Bonnke said, the Bible says that the devil is like a roaring lion. He comes in the darkness and tries to frighten the children of God with his mighty roar. But you, when you switch on the light of the word, you discover that there is no lion. There is only a mouse with a microphone. There's only a mouse with a microphone. Don't let Satan scare you, he said. Got it? Jesus said, Pharisees, 
Pharisees, go and tell that fox. Sometimes you have to talk to the fox. Pharisees, you go and tell that fox, behold, I cast out devils, and I do cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I will be perfected. You go and tell that old fox that nothing's going to stop my ministry. He's not going to break me. He's not going to break my faith or my resolve. Nothing is going to stop me. No intimidation is going to stop me, Jesus said. You go and tell him. I'm going to cast out devils. I'm going to do cures, and the third day I'll be perfected. Jesus telling them, I'm going to keep on casting out devils. I'm going to keep preaching the gospel. I'm going to keep breaking satanic hold and sin hold on people. I'm going to break people out from under the power of the devil. The greatest miracle is the salvation of a soul. And Jesus said alongside that, I'm going to keep doing cures. I'm going to bring physical healing to people. I'm going to heal the sick. I'm going to open the eyes of the blind. I'm going to cause the feet of the lame to dance and leap in the presence of God. And Jesus said, on the third day I will be perfected. There's a day coming where I will be perfected. And when I die on the cross and I'm raised on the third day, that will be my finest hour. That's when I'll accomplish the greatest work of God and testimony of God that I was brought to bring forth. I'll do cures. I'll, I'll cast out devils. And the third day I will be perfected. Now we need to bring that home because we have to have the same spirit. We have to say this morning, tell that fox, I'm going to cast out devils. I'm going to keep preaching the gospel. I'm going to keep telling people about the Lord, no matter the intimidation. We're going to keep the gospel ministry going and flourishing in our land, no matter what the threat is, no matter what the tactics of the enemy are pushing against. We're going to heal the sick. We're going to pray for people, as the Bible says, believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It's going to be a testimony of the spiritual power of God that in the natural and physical realm, people will know there's a God who forgives sins and touches lives and redeems them from sin and Satan. And the third day, we will be perfected. The third day, we will be perfected. We're going to be perfected, yes, on the third day. We're going to rise in the last day at the resurrection, and we will be forever with the Lord, totally perfected in spirit, soul, and body. But there's something else here, and I want to turn aside for a moment. We cast out devils. We cure the sick. And I shall be perfected. You say perfected? That's right, that's what the Bible says. We need to tell the old fox sometimes that we're going to keep growing in God, we're going to keep maturing, and we are out going to fox him, and he's not going to bring us down anymore with his depression and his temptations and his darkness and his emotions and his feelings. You go tell that old fox that you're going to be perfected. Because Paul, the Apostle Paul said, we preach and teach that we might present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Bring them to a fullness. 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 9. Look at this verse. The apostle Paul said, For we are glad when we are weak and ye are strong. And this also we wish, even your perfection. This we wish can also be translated, this we pray, this, is we, this we desire. He said, this we desire. This we wish, this we pray, 
even your perfection, that the people of God would be perfected and made whole and learn to outfox the fox and learn to outwit sin and temptation and struggle and trial and move in the power of God in their lives. Outfox the fox, I will be perfected. Let's look at 1 John chapter 5, verses 18 to 19 as we divert a little in this message. The Apostle John said, We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. But he who has been born of God, who is he that is born of God but he that believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Scripture says. He who has been born of God, born again, keeps himself and the wicked one does not touch him. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the power, the sway of the wicked one. There is a vast difference between a saint and a sinner. There is a vast difference between someone who is born of God and someone who is not. No, the Bible says, we know that whoever is born of God does not sin. He who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. The interpretation goes two ways on these verses. And in an obscure passage like this, we must be more careful in our interpretation. But one of the interpretations, and it's definitely viable, is that he who is born of God does not sin. That the new nature in Christ, the new creation we are, the new spirit, the recreated person that we are in Christ cannot sin. It cannot sin. It's undefilable. It cannot be defiled in any way. It's pure. It's sinless. And it will be that way to eternity. He that is born of God does not sin. That new nature in Christ is incorruptible and cannot be defiled. It cannot sin. But there is another way to look at this verse, and the interpretation is equally as viable, and that is the person that is born of God does not keep on sinning habitually, does not abide any longer in sin. In fact, they begin to hate sin and wickedness and love righteousness. That's one of the greatest signs you've been born again because you resist temptation, you resist sin. He that is born of God does not Keep on sinning habitually, willfully, continually, fully, or finally. The Bible is, does not teach sinless perfection, that there is a state that we can attain to free from all sin. The scriptures testify against it, and we know it to be true if we're honest, I believe. In the earlier chapter of 1 John, the Apostle John said, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Now, we're not committing sinful acts, overt acts of sin, willful sin, but there's not one of us who doesn't have the imprint of sinful infirmity upon us. None of us would be able to say, I'm absolutely sinless in my life. It's what our forefathers called our common defilement. The flesh wars against the spirit. We know the battle that goes on in our life to discern between good and evil and to keep warring and to keep serving the Lord and surrendering to the Lord. He that is born of God does not keep on sinning habitually, willfully, 
continually, fully, or finally. And the Bible says, and the wicked one does not touch him. The wicked one, Satan, the devil, does not touch that person. It means that he is not able to transfuse his nature and disposition into us anymore. We've been born of God. The enemy cannot touch us. He cannot transfuse his nature and his disposition into us. We are born of God, and the wicked one touches us not. We walk in the power of God. We walk as new creations. Sometimes it's been asked, can a Christian have a demon? And the answer is, well, no. The wicked one touches him not. The question could be, as has been posed, can a demon have a Christian? And the answer is yes, it's possible. Until we learn to outwit the fox, until we learn to outfox the fox, that the enemy can hold us and outwit us at times. Is there anyone here this morning that is still being outwitted? The enemy outwits you in sin. He outwits you in temptation. He outwits you in the manner in which you are to walk. We have to learn to outwit the devil. Sometimes he knows how to still get to us with some depressive thought, with some emotion, with some discouragement, with some habit of life, with some emotion. The enemy can still outwit us, but the Lord's saying, I want you to learn how to outwit the enemy. I want you to learn how to outfox the fox. Break that power in your life. Listen to the beautiful promise in Psalm 89, 22. The enemy shall not outwit him, nor the son of wickedness afflict him. The believer, the people of God, the enemy shall not outwit him, God says, nor the son of wickedness afflict him. You know what happens when we get outwitted by the devil and we begin to say things and act things and do things that we know are contrary to the pure and holy righteousness and manner that we should walk before the Lord. We get afflicted. When the enemy outwits us, we get afflicted. And we, we fall into these different despondencies and discouragements and struggles of our life. And if we go, do happen to willfully sin in an area, wow, what an affliction that is. Because nobody pays a greater price for sinning than a Christian. Because it wars so against the new creation. It wars so against who we are in Christ. And we have to break that and break that condemnation and seek the Lord and be freed of that again. The enemy will not outwit him, nor the son of wickedness afflict him anymore. May God help us to outwit the enemy, to learn to outfox the fox. And as you're sitting here this morning, maybe you're thinking of some area in your life where the, the enemy comes and he outwits you, and you fall into the same old pattern and the habit of thinking, and those emotions get you, and you're brought down. This morning, by the Holy Spirit, you tell that fox, I do cures, I cast out devils, and I will be perfected. I will rise in the fullness of God in my life. I will overcome your trickery. I'll overcome your thievery. I'll overcome your cunning in my life by the promises and word of the Lord. I will outwit you, and I will walk in the power of God. We've got to keep ahead of the enemy. We've got to stay ahead of the enemy. Like those two gospel messengers that went into Jericho. 
Those two spies, those gospel witnesses, the two of them went into Jericho. They slipped into town. And the enemy wasn't quick enough to track them. He couldn't track them properly. He couldn't track them quickly enough. They slipped into town with the gospel. They accomplished their mission. They went to Rahab and her household, her family, and all her friends, and they pulled them out from under the judgments of God against sin, and they bound the scarlet line, the blood of Christ, upon that home protected from the judgments of God. And before anyone knew where they were, before the king of Jericho, the Bible says, and his mighty men, those demonic powers, could exact their desire upon those men, those men had slipped out of town and were gone. The Lord helps us to outwit our enemies, to outfox the fox. You know the old Irish benediction, May you be in heaven a half hour before the devil knows you're dead. Why not? Why not? That's the way of the Lord. It's true, I guess. If you're lucky enough to be Irish, you're lucky enough. I married an Irish bride. It was said of the Irish, they are so light on their feet that they can run across bogs that drown other men. Outfox the fox. Let's learn to outwit the enemy in his mischief, in his trickery, in his cunning against our lives. Number two this morning, keep on walking. Knowing that a prophet cannot perish, I changed it up here, except in Jerusalem. Jesus was letting them know, predicting his death. He said, I must keep on walking. Keep on walking, knowing that a prophet cannot perish, he said, outside of the city of Jerusalem. He said, nobody can touch me in the land, but there will be a day coming where you'll be able to touch me in Jerusalem. And Jesus said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that kills the prophets. How often would I have gathered you as a hen gathers her chicks and bring you under protection and protect you from the fire of judgment that's coming against sin and against ungodliness. But he said, you would not. You would not come. Keep on walking, knowing that a prophet cannot perish in the land. Luke 13, 32, Jesus said unto them, Go ye and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out devils, and I do cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. Nevertheless, I must, I must walk today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet perish outside of Jerusalem. Cannot be. God will always have a prophetic people. God will always have a prophetic voice in the land, people that carry the gospel, people that minister the gospel. Jesus said, I must walk today and tomorrow and the day following. I have to continue the work of God in the land because this land cannot be left without the word of the Lord and the gospel of Christ. And it's the same for us today. Now, Jesus said there's a day coming where I will be killed. It'll be in Jerusalem. He was predicting the day of his death. He said there's a day coming, and until that day, I'm going to set my face to walk with God. 
Jesus walked throughout the land, ministering, healing, curing, bringing people out of darkness into light. He kept on walking. There were threats. There were insults. There was criticism. There was hatred against him. There was persecution against him. He kept on walking. The Bible says he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, the burden of spiritual warfare, the burden of trying to bring people out of darkness, the burden of trying to break the powers of Satan in people's lives. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, but he kept on walking. He set his face, the Bible says, as a flint, as hard as a flint stone, as determined as a flint stone toward Jerusalem. And that's where he gave his life. That's where they killed the prophet, the Son of God. We must keep on walking. Don't give up. Don't surrender. Don't retreat. We must keep on walking, knowing that a prophet cannot perish in the land lest this land be left destitute of the word of God and the power of God, lest the messengers of the Lord vanish from the landscape. God says, I'm going to have my prophetic people. I'm going to have a people that walk with me. They're going to care for my kingdom and care for my ways and carry the gospel. They're going to fight the warfare. They're going to outfox the fox. They're going to outwit the enemy. And they're going to stay sharp for the kingdom of God in the land. Outfox the fox. Jesus said, be wise as serpents. Be wise as serpents. Meaning, meet the devil head on in his cunning. Meet the devil head on in his trickery, in his deception, in his wiles. That God would make us of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. That we can see the enemy intimidation, the enemy threat, the enemy intention immediately and bring it to defeat. Be wise as serpents. Be wise as serpents. The fox is cunning. The serpent is cunning. It's said in antiquity that the fox was so crafty that at times he would fall in with the dogs and pass himself off as one of them. Be careful who you run with and who runs with you. A fox in dog's clothing. Song of Solomon 2.15 Bible says, catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. Just a little crack in the vineyard wall, just a little breach. It's not much. It's just a little thing in my life. Catch us the foxes, the Bible says. You better catch those foxes, those little foxes, those little irritations, those little compromises, those little sins, those little indiscretions. You catch those little foxes because they spoil the vines. They get in there and they trample down the vines. And then the vines can't produce. Those little foxes want to grind us into the dirt. They want to break us down so we live 
a mundane, earthbound life, and we are destined to grow and to become beautiful and bear wondrous fruit to God. But the, those little foxes want to grind us down. We have to learn to outwit them. We better seal up the vineyard wall. Catch those little foxes. Our vines have tender grapes. There's wondrous new fruit growing all the time, and we must guard it and protect it for the glory of God. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 3 in particular, there in the middle, do you see the taunt of the enemy? said, whatever they build, even if a fox goes up on it, he'll break down their stone wall. Even if a fox go up, that wall will fall down. We'll collapse this thing. We'll break the building project that God's trying to do. Verse 1 of chapter 4, But it so happened when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Well, yes, we will. Will they complete in a day? Yes, we will complete at times, for one day is better than a thousand. Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish? Yes, we're going to bring people to Christ. Those living stones are going to grow up and be a wall in the house. Stones, he said, that are burned. Yeah, burned by the enemy. Blackened by sin. Yes, we're going to revive those living stones. We're going to bring people out of darkness into the light of God. We'll sacrifice. We'll fortify. We'll do the will of the Lord. Now, Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him. He said, whatever they build, if even a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Hear, O oh our God, here's the prayer. You want a prayer to, to pray against the fox? Hear, O oh our God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their own heads and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity and do not... Let their sin be blotted out from before you, for they have provoked you to anger before the builders. So we built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. Glory to God. Glory to God. The people had a mind to work. The enemy comes to taunt. He comes to taunt the building project. You're building a life for God. You're building a family. You're building a heritage for God. We're building a church for God. The enemy says, I'm just going to send a fox against that, and I'm going to let that thing fall. But we're going to send a message to that old fox. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to cast out devils. We're going to cure the sick, and we're going to keep growing and be perfected in the great day of the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, to close out this morning, the truth is, we've got some foxes of our own. The foxes are coming, and we've got some foxes of our own. Let's look at Judges chapter 15, 3 to 5. And Samson said to them, This time I shall be blameless regarding the Philistines if I harm them. Then Samson went out and caught 300 foxes, and he took torches turned the foxes tail to tail, and put a torch between each pair of tails. When he had set the torches on fire, he let the foxes go into the standing grain of the Philistines. 
the enemy harvest and burned up both the shocks and the standing grain as well as the vineyards and olive groves. 300 foxes, two by two, firebrand between them, torches of fire, and those foxes ran through the fields, through the vineyards, through the olive groves of the Philistines, of the enemy, and brought down their harvest. Two by two, huh? How did Jesus send out his gospel messengers? He sent them out two by two. And at one time, he called his 70 disciples. He had a larger group than the 12, the 70. And he commissioned them to go out into the cities and villages of Israel. He said, I want you to preach the gospel. I want you to cure the sick. I want you to heal the sick. I want you to bring the kingdom of God and the word of God wherever you go. I'm going to come to those villages after, but I want you to be the front, tri front line troops. I want you to break open the soil so when I come, there can be a greater demonstration of the power of God and even a greater fullness of ministry. Luke chapter 10 and verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. And so they went out, preaching the gospel, healing the sick. And when they came back, verse 17, then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the devil's demons are subject to us in your name. He said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. When those 70 came back, you know what he did with them? He sent them out two by two. He put a fire anointing on the pair. He put a torch of fire between their tails. He put a firebrand of the Spirit upon them, the gospel message, and they went out, and they saw the powers of darkness fall, and sinners come to Christ, and they heard the message of the gospel, and they saw the healing power of God in their ministry. And when they came back, they could hardly contain themselves. Lord, Lord, even, even, the, even the devils, the demons are subject unto us. The powers of darkness Fall before our message, Jesus said. What you bring is no news to me. He said, the minute I sent you forth with the power of the gospel, I saw Satan fall as lightning from heaven. I saw him shot down. I knew that the gospel that you preach would do a quick work wherever it was sent. Two by two. The foxes are coming. Firebrands between their tails. Gospel message burning with the fire of the Holy Spirit and the power of God. I know a, I know a few foxes in history. How many know the name George Fox from the 1600s? A century after the Reformation. Oh, that Reformation, Martin Luther, John Knox, all those men, Zwingli, the power of God moved through Europe, changed the churches, brought people out of darkness into the true gospel and salvation. But a hundred years had gone by now, and the churches had fallen back into basically cold, formalistic religion. But there was a man in England called George Fox. He feared neither man nor devils, and the power of God was on him. And he began to preach. And the Bible says through his preaching, Scotland, England, and 
Ireland were soon ablaze with the power of God. He was imprisoned many times. He turned the jailhouse into a gospel outreach. He preached in the streets. He preached in the churches. He preached in open air. And he lit such a fire of God in that nation. Men that were hardened, people that would come to the meetings or stand on the streets, hardened, obstinate, no interest for the gospel. This is true. As John, as George Fox began to preach, the power of God and the conviction came upon these people so that they began to quake and shake so much that the movement that he founded and the people that became his followers were known as the Quakers because people would shake and quake under the power of God. Went to the New World, West Indies as well, preached the gospel, known as the Fighting Fox. The foxes are coming. My friend, the late Leonard Fox, served our generation in such a powerful, prophetic way, nationally and internationally. His wife, Rosella Fox, six children, the Fox family, powerful family that carried the ministry, carried the gospel, carried the power of God. One son, Steve, a daughter, Sylvia, missionaries, outstanding ministers of God, fervent for the Lord. The foxes are coming. And right now I'm doing all I can to raise up another fox in this generation. My grandson, Otto Fox, that he would serve the Lord with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. The foxes are coming. Let them run. Let them run. Get a fire anointing on your life. Get a fire anointing on your children. Let that gospel witness go. Samson, it's a good start. 300 foxes, it's a Gideon army, but let's go from there into the hundreds and into the thousands and let the foxes run. Let them run through the land. Let them run through the cities. Let them run through the highways and byways, casting out devils, bringing cures, and bringing people into fullness and into maturity in Jesus Christ. Jesus outfoxed the fox, and so will we. Let's stand together this morning. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hearts and our hands before the Lord. Let's ask God for a fire anointing. The foxes are coming. Let's ask God to give us a spiritual Holy Ghost fox message and ministry and power in our lives. In the name of Jesus.